Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast Season Number 4. Thank you all very much for downloading our show today wherever you are right now in this crazy world. I am your host, Robbie Cox. Now before we get into today's very special guest, I just wanted to let all our loyal listeners out there know that we have started our own line of merchandise for the podcast, now on sale right now. The original tees are out there. It's the OTB Crew line. Uh, we have many, many other clothing items coming your way, including hoodies, singlets, even socks. But for right now, we have the OTB Crew original tee available for purchase on our website. So please make sure you click on the link tree in our bio. Follow that link to our website to purchase yours today as well as being an awesome t-shirt which it definitely is it's equally as important because it's another way to support the podcast that you guys are loving each and every week we deliver all over the world so yes even our listeners in the usa or the uk can get their hands on some merch so what are you waiting for Jump on our Insta page right now, follow the link tree to our website and purchase an OTB Crew original tea today to become a part of the crew. But that's it. It's enough selling for one show. It's time to crack on with the show. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100 to Mr. Luke Greenbank. Luke, how are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, yeah, really happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. And like, uh, you know, so many of the guests at the moment that are coming on, I spoke to Anna Hopkin the other day and, you know, I've spoken to Anna before and, but you know, I've never had you on. So it's good to meet you, mate. How's your day been? I know it's, it's morning over there. What's it been like at the moment in Italy? Because I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit jealous because we're in lockdown over here in Sydney. It's also <laughs> coming out of winter. So, I mean... I'm very jealous. What's it like over there? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good environment. Um, very different to ISL last year where we were in the bubble and we weren't really allowed out. We've got a little bit more freedom here, which is nice. Um, for me personally, I'm kind of just keeping my volume up and, and then getting my intensity from racing. So, yeah, it's kind of like a nice start to the season. Um, and like I said, really enjoying it, really enjoying the weather and really enjoying the pizza. Yeah, oh, mate, don't get me started. That's, you know, I crack on about obviously the warm weather and stuff, but it's really the food that I'm jealous of, the pizza, the pasta, yeah. the gelato. Are you having a lot of gelato yeah. over there as well? Yeah, I've had a little bit. Um, it is like 
just another level. It's really like really quite tasty. <laughs> oh, I know. Again, don't get me started because I'll go on forever. And we're here to talk about swimming. I- I'm interested <laughs> though, and, and we'll get into the to the ISL in a minute. But did you get a chance to celebrate, you know, the success that you had in Tokyo before you you had to sort of you know switch tacks and get back into performance mode again? Did you get a chance to get around your mates and your family and just enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, when we got back from the Olympics, I had a couple of weeks off, um, just went home to, to see friends and family um, and uh, old coaches. So that, w- that was really good. And I think it, it was really needed to get that like space away from the pool and um, just take a step back, really. And it, it, I think it kind of helps when you've been away from the pool to actually get back in and, and find that motivation again. If you just keep going and going and going, eventually that motivation will kind of um decrease a little bit so yeah i think that's really important to get away yeah 100 percent. now i asked anna this the other day how many pints were bought for you and just left on your table in front of you when you got back with your family and friends not that you ordered them i'm assuming you never had to really order too many things were just brought to you how many how many drinks were just plopped in your lap what what was that sorry i think you cut out oh no you're right the internet's going great i told you this uh how many pints (laughs) How many pints were bought for you, mate, when you got back with your family and friends? <laughs> uh, yeah, a fair few. Um, yeah, whenever I go out with my, my schoolmates, I'd bump into people, oh, my schoolmates and my old swimming mates, like I'd bump into people and um, the odd pit person would buy me a drink. So <laughs> there's a fair few. I can only imagine, mate. Uh, now, before we get into the games itself and, and the incredible success that you and the team had, Season three of the ISLs kicked off uh, over in Naples, Italy, as we've spoken about. Um, you've already been a part of, of one of your matches. Hey, and we just talked about it off air, but how hard's it been to sort of get back up for this competition after such a high from, from Tokyo? Um, I mean, to be honest, like going into the first ma- match, I, I didn't know like how it was going to go. Um, I was feeling all right in the water. Like I felt like I hadn't lost too much fitness. So I just went in there with kind of the... Um, expectation that it, it's going to be what it's going to be but I was actually really happy with how I swam um, I think 150 point in the 100 back which is faster than where I started Budapest last year and then mm. um, 400 IM as well an event that I don't usually swim and managed to come away with a third so yeah I was really pleased and it was a really good team environment um, when we were watching the skins at the end with Vinny um, on, the, on the fly skins that was such a good atmosphere to be a part of and seeing everyone get behind him, the whole team get behind him. I think we were all absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah. Is it a good environment to get into? And I mentioned, you know, is it hard from the come down to get into, but obviously uh, it's a fun, relaxed environment. Yes. There's, there's some fast swimming. I'm not saying people are just phoning it in, but sort of that relaxed environment, has that been good to come into given, you know, what you were doing in Tokyo and then, you know, having a break coming back, was it probably a nice shift to, not come into like another world champs or something where the expectations are really high. This is a fun, friendly environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, I think the results will be better with an environment like that. Um, yeah, after the the year, year and a half we'd had with COVID and um, the past six months being so focused on the Olympics, it's nice to kind of take a step back and um, enjoy it a little bit more. Um like I'm a big believer of a happy swimmer is a fast swimmer. So mm. like coming out here and everyone, like I said before, having a little bit more freedom and almost getting that time away from the pool as well. Um, I think, I think is really beneficial to the athletes. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's such a good 
thing to be a part of really um especially with london like we're quite a we're obviously very focused on performance but it's a really fun team to be a part of like everyone gets on really well and um yeah i think that shows in the results yeah, it's probably, a, you know, an aspect that hasn't been thought of so much, like such a big build up to, to Tokyo, you know, five years in the making and, um, you know, mm. such a, a long preparation to go back into competition. Now, it's probably the right environment. You, you're absolutely right. Now, I don't know how many you know matches are, are left to the regular season. I don't think there's there's too many to you have a break. Then you go into semis and you go into finals. From from your experience so far, and then the match, and you've got—I know there's one coming up, but you know from what you've seen from the other teams as well, what are some of the keys? Do you think, mate, for the London Raw to you know to to make sure they're getting it right, um, so they're hitting their stride at the right time? You know, come finals. Um, I think the most important thing with with the ISL and, and, and for teams is consistency, and um, so I think we just need to make sure that we're not slacking, we're not like lagging behind like i said before like that that environment the team's created it, it is enjoyable so it does make it easier to to go out there and swim fast and swim for your team so yeah like, like consistency for me is uh, not just in the isl but for swimming in general is is so important and i think that's how we're gonna kind of build from round to round as well mm. on a personal level how you know we just touched on a little bit before but on a personal level what are you looking to see as this season progresses from your own, you know, performances? Um, for me, I just want to kind of improve from last season um, and build from, from the Olympics, not really be complacent with what I've achieved last summer. Um, it, it's, it's a really busy season with the likes of Worlds, Commonwealth, Europeans all next summer. Um, mm. That's going to be quite intense. But um, yeah, I think we've just got to play it by ear and, and, and see how the season progresses. Um, but like I said, just try and build on from from where we were last year. Yeah, just a little improvements. It's, it's probably the right way to go. Uh, and just quickly before we get on to to the Olympics, how much sort of uh, enjoying the um, you know enjoying the fruits of Italy are people doing over there? Are people getting out? Enjoy. I know because I was talking to Matt Temple yesterday, and and a few of his his teammates went to the beach and just enjoyed the time of the beach as well. Yeah. You mentioned the pizza and the gelato. Uh, it's obviously, you know, we've had COVID and this is what I want the listeners to understand as well. You know, as I said, there was a five-year build, there was COVID, there was lockdowns, there was so much going into it. You know, obviously we want to compete. I'm not saying that people are just there for a holiday for, you know, and we're looking at mm. some very fast times anyway. So I know that's not, ha- you know, the case, but how much are people enjoying uh, the atmosphere over there outside of the pool, shall we say? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's kind of taken advantage of the the situation we're in. Um, we had a trip to Pompeii the other day, which was really interesting, and then mm. you can just nip down to the beach and and stuff like that, which is really good. Like, obviously, what like you said, we are here to swim. Like, um, COVID's still kind of about, so you've got to be aware of that as well. But um, it is good to kind of have that freedom and and just relax a little bit more. Um, it is still very early in the season. If if ISL wasn't on I'd probably still be on a break now so um yeah I think it's 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 a good mix of competition and relaxation yeah no for sure I saw you at Pompeii did you enjoy it there I've been there myself unfortunately for me it was a shitty rainy day when I went we had umbrellas and goggles and puddles (laughs) your day looked a little bit better for you did you enjoy it there yeah yeah it was really interesting um like nice to kind of get out of Naples a little bit as well and, and see and see 
somewhere else. Um, and yeah, the weather, the weather was really nice. Yeah, you mean you got lucky and uh, just a, a tremendous atmosphere over there in terms of history and uh, you can't help but be uh, swept up in it. Um, it's my favourite country to visit outside of Australia. So um, I'm absolutely jealous, as I said. Now, moving on to the Olympic Games, mate, moving on to Tokyo. And before we get to the action in the pool, what was it like from your perspective in the Athletes Village? We know, obviously, it, it wasn't your typical Athletes Village um, with the COVID <laughs> protocols and all that sort of stuff, of course. And, and we also have heard you know, um, from the Aussies and, and from you guys as well that, you know, you didn't get a chance to stick around for the second week and watch other sports and, and enjoy um, like normally a games probably would be. What was it like for you outside of the pool, cardboard beds, um, perspex glasses <laughs> in the in the dining hall and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think probably most people have touched on it, but it, it was obviously a little bit disappointing not being able to stay out there and have the, the full Olympic experience, but... Um, I think after the past, like the 18 months leading up to the Olympics, it, it was all locked down, very doom and gloom. So to, to get out there and be able to compete and um, have even a little bit more kind of freedom, um, that that was really enjoyable. And it was a really enjoyable kind of experience staying in the village, being kind of ruined with like six other people in an apartment and just like playing cards every night, watching films. Like it, it's a really nice kind of, environment to be in um and i get i kind of get that a lot when we go away with british swimming camps like it, it's a really good bond between the athletes and um yeah we all get on really well so to, to kind of share that with those people is really really special am i right in saying that with the with cards you you got beat a few times from duncan scott is that right i think he was carving you up the other day on the podcast you did with me saying that oh you, really yeah uh, saying that you you lost a few that. and you didn't do so well and you <laughs> Uh, I wasn't too bad. I don't think I was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Well, yeah. you know, hopefully, as we said, uh, you know, COVID pisses off and, you know, 2024 uh, in Paris, you can get that full experience of, of an athlete's village. And it, I'm assuming yeah. Tokyo definitely wasn't like 2018 on the Gold Coast, that's for sure. No, I was saying to someone actually the other day that um, the Gold Coast, like, I swam all right. Like it wasn't my best meet, but as an experience, that that's my favorite um, yeah. experience as a swimmer so far. Um, and I think a lot of people in certainly the England team will kind of echo that. It was just so much fun. Yeah, no, I've definitely heard from more than a few people from from all sorts of teams that they enjoyed uh, those games and the athletes' village yeah. and, the, and the partying that went on after it. And I know some, you know, athletes stayed on and, and got around and had a bit of a holiday and looked around Australia. So mm. it's definitely one of those memorable ones for people. Now, getting back to to Tokyo, talk to me about what it was like having finals uh, in the morning and the heats at night. Was that something that you were used to? You had to get, you know, ready for. And I'm assuming just skipping ahead to, you know. <laughs> your answer i know in the in the hundred and we'll get to that in a second you know you miss the semis very you know by marginally so i'm, I'm yeah. you know this is going more for your 200 backstroke experience and and you know having mm. the the relays as well yeah um yeah i mean we, we i think as a team we were we were quite well prepared for the um the morning finals like we we've done a few meets over the past couple of years where we did uh change the finals around to make sure that we, we swam fast in the mornings. Um, but it was, it was still a challenge. Like, I don't think I was quite prepared for a nine day meet where it was like that. It just, it seemed to be quite a, a challenge to, 
kind of get your head around when you were racing and what time and um and also like you have to work back from where you start so say you're racing at half 10 you have to be up for three four hours before so that's like half six half seven and then you've got to like prime and get your body temperature up and then if you're taking caffeine and uh, nutrition and stuff like that so there's so many factors to kind of take into it and that that was just an added um thing to think about i guess um obviously it was the same for everyone but uh, for the athletes i think the general consensus is it, it, it was certainly more challenging but like i said same for everyone you, you just kind of kind of deal with it yeah i've heard that a few times about the caffeine in terms of uh having or not having in in the heats you know but because obviously yes the heats were at night but then you know if you're having it are you going to stay be staying awake for a lot longer for all the listeners yeah. out there i have an understanding of what you're saying but for all the listeners out there, the average punter that might not know, what, what are you having caffeine for before your races? What sort? What What are you drinking? Like, what, how do you go about that? Um, like for me, like, uh, I know that if I have too much caffeine, then my head will just be like that. And I, can't, I can't focus on anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just like to kind of have a Red Bull or or something like that, just to kind of perk me up a little bit, but. Um, I think the science behind it, I should know this, I did sort of spot science as my uni subject, but um, <laughs> it kind of reduces perception of fatigue and stuff. So um, it, it kind of is it, more of a feeling rather than um, like it's definitely going to make you feel better. It's, for me, it's more mental, I think. Yeah. So it's more like a placebo effect, you reckon? Almost, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mentioned that you narrowly missed the semis in the hundred back. What lessons did you did you take away from that race, if any? Um, yeah, I mean it was a really close one. I almost had a swim off the first reserve, but mm. um I was talking to Mel after the race and, and she said, right, just see it as a blessing in disguise. You've now got an extra day to recover before the hundred uh, sorry, before the two hundred. Yeah. Um so my initial reaction was actually very frustrated, but once I took a step back and um kind of realized the benefit the possible benefits of it um as actually yeah, yeah okay right i can i can go and relax a bit more now and and get my head in the right place um so yeah it it was um it's not the way i was expecting me to go i was kind of hoping to make the semi-final i think the final probably would have been a bit of a push but mm. um yeah it kind of threw a spanner in the works but like i said you just gotta kind of deal with that and, and make the most of make the most of the situation I think that's a great mentality to have, mate. And clearly it worked because that's what we're about to get into now because the the 200 backstroke, mate, you made it through to the finals and we'll get to that incredible um, bronze medal moment in a second. What was it like for you, though, at your first games, heats, semis, finals? What were your nerves like, you know, trying to (laughs) balance all of that? Because one thing when you've been there and it's even one thing to say you've been to world champs or that sort of stuff and you've been through, but... It's a different base, the Olympics, isn't it? What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, so my first race, kind of going back to 100 back again, um, my first race, we go through the call room and I I probably should have walked like through the call room and everything to, to see what it was like before going out for a race. But my first race was 100 back and we walked out on poolside and I was like, which end are we at? Where am I? So that was kind <laughs> of like, a, a, uh, it, it, it was kind of like threw me off a little bit. Um, I don't think it impacted my race too much, but it was just like, okay, I kind of get my bearings here. Um, but by the time I came to the 200, I was, I was a lot more comfortable in like where I was going and stuff. And for me, 
I try not to overcomplicate things. So um, whether it's like, I don't know, a, a county level meet or nationals or British champs or Olympics, I, I just try and think of it as, as four lengths of the pool. Like I've got mm. my race plan. I know how to execute that. Um, like I, I've been doing that for a few years now, so it's really ingrained. And I know if I stick to that um, and a few key pointers, then the results will come to me. You mentioned there your race plan. Give us a, a bit of an insight into what that looks like for you. What's what's your thought process like, you know, going into that, say, final? Are you meticulous in your planning? Like, do you need to make sure you've got your, you know, four to six kicks off this turn, so-and-so strokes, or are you kind of feeling it as you go? But you've, you've got a general idea, but you're feeling it as you go because there's different sort of ends of the spectrum, isn't there? I know there's sort of really anal athletes who need to make sure they're hitting their numbers, and there's also people who have good feel for it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I know if, if I have too many pointers to focus on, then I'm just going to forget everything and it's going to go, it's going to yeah. fall apart. Um, so I've just got a general plan where I kind of build through the race and I, I do kind of have an idea of how many kicks that I'm doing off the wall. But if one day it's feeling good, one day it's feeling not like I'm not stuck to that plan. Um, and there is room for a bit of leeway with kind of, with that tactic as well. Mm. So, you know, ta- yeah, go through that race plan. So obviously we know the bronze medal and we're going to get to that sort of reaction, the feeling of touching the wall and seeing the, the three next to your name. But in terms of your race plan in that race, yeah, take us through it. What's your first 50 like? Is it, I mean, I don't want to give it away, but uh, yeah, <laughs> give it, give us your, yeah. your take on it. Like if we, if we had to put a GoPro on you in your brain, what are we seeing as we go? Um, It's literally just kind of first 50, easy speed and then build one, two, three, last, last three fifties. So, I mean, that changes. Sometimes I'll go out a bit harder. Sometimes I'll kind of, um, look to really, really hit that last 50 hard, but that was what it was at Tokyo. Um, and yeah, it seemed to seem to work quite well. Was there a case in Tokyo of, did you need to go out a little bit harder? Obviously, Rilov, we, we know he won, and, and but we know how quick he is in the 100 as well. So yeah. we, we know what yeah, so that early speed's going to be like. Did you have to push it a little bit more than you normally would or did you sort of sit back uh, and just stick to your own sort of normal plan? Um, uh, to be honest, I try not to focus on what he was doing. Like he, he was obviously in the lane next to me and then Ryan was one lane over, but... For me, I think those guys are at the moment maybe one step ahead of me um, in terms of their their careers. So, um, like, not not saying that I wasn't going to go in and, and give it everything and, and yeah. obviously try to beat them, but I knew that they could probably go down that first length faster or, or hold on a little better. So, um, I was trying not to just get distracted by what they were doing and just focus on what I needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great advice. Of, yeah. Oh, I had an awareness of where they were and what they were doing, but mm. I mean, it, I can't control what they're doing. I can only control what I'm doing. Absolutely. And yeah, for all the young listeners out there, that is perfect advice. Now, um, mate, first Olympics, first individual medal. It must have been a pretty special feeling to hit the wall, see your name up there in bronze. I mean, it's a dream for a lot of young athletes that, you know, I want to make the Olympics and I'd love to, you know, see my name on the board for a lot of people. We're never going to get that mate. I know I'm certainly never going to have my name on Olympic board. You got that moment. What was it like? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Like when I saw it, I I kind of knew that I had it in me, but to actually see it on the board, it it was quite a special feeling. Um, 
and also when when I was still on the podium, I was kind of like, okay, where am I? What what's going on here? How, how did I get here? It was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a blur, really, which was quite funny. But um, yeah, it, it still has. I still think it hasn't really sunk in. Um, I don't know if it ever will, especially when I'm still competing. Maybe like one day when I've, I've retired and I've kind of looked back on what I've achieved, mm. it might sink in a bit more. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just such a good feeling, such a special feeling. No, I can imagine. And and we'll get to Mel in a minute, but I, I know, you you know, Mel would have been very proud of you and, and you know, the work you guys have done for the last like, five years of your career, a long build up to these games. Uh, you know, she, yeah. she would know you in and out in terms of the backstory and everything you two have gone through. It must have been good to to share that moment with Mel as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, she's she's had an incredible um Incredible coaching career so far. She's still like quite a young coach, but to come away with, well, I think it was like five medals at, the, at these Olympics, four or five medals at these mm. Olympics. Like, I'm so happy for her. She she really like goes the extra mile and put puts the hard work in. So, yeah, that's as much her medal as it is mine. Yeah, now we'll we'll get to Mel in a little bit, mate. But you know, obviously, individually, it's a brilliant um, you know feeling to to get that bronze medal, but. It's another thing to be a part of a team. And I mentioned Team GB um, before and had a tremendous uh, games, great team culture, camaraderie. How proud are you? You're a part of that men's four by one medley relay. Of course, Duncan Scott, James Guy, uh, and Adam Peaty himself. Silver medal just behind the US. Nice way to finish it off, mate, which is a massive week for you personally. So it must yeah. have been a really nice way to, to finish on a high. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when we first finished, like we we went into that relay, I think fully expecting that, not expecting, but believing we could we could win it. Yeah. Um, obviously coming off the back of world championships, um, winning there. But yeah, when we finished, I think the initial reaction was a little bit disappointed that um, we we didn't win. But I think looking back at it and and taking a step back, kind of like the, the, the hundred back scenario, like that's the fastest we've ever gone as a team. The Americans were just absolutely like, they absolutely smashed it out of the park um, mm. and it took a world record to win. So absolutely, um, yeah, I think, I think it's something that I can be really proud of and being part of that team over the past two, three years has been kind of one of the like the biggest pleasures, like pleasures, is that the right word? But like, I'm, I'm very proud to be part of that team. Um, and I think going going forward, there's a lot more to, lot more to give um, going into Worlds next year and Europeans and Commonwealth. So, yeah, it's exciting times and hopefully next Olympics we can go one better. Well, I mean, I definitely, I was talking to Anna Popkin the other day and I, I definitely think you guys are on the right trajectory in terms of Team GB. It just seems like nearly every major meet, there's, you know, there's more success and more success. And it, it seems like it's being built off a, a great team culture and a team camaraderie. You know, you boys seem very tight, but even you look at the mixed relay and Adam, you know, grabbing Kathleen, nearly throwing her into the roof. He was so excited. <laughs> so, you know, it seems like there's a really good uh, team culture there. And I'm just interested as well, just from a purely a, a fan perspective myself, you get to lead off that mixed, me uh, the, sorry, the medley relay. Um, so obviously it's a hundred backstroke. I, I know, I think your times are, were pretty much similar to your, to your best times, um, in terms of whether it's really, or whether it was individual, do, do you, I mean, 
Easy answer is yes. My my uh, race plan is the same, but I mean it's a little bit diffi- more difficult when you see the boys standing above you and you know you're, you're racing for your country and you're racing for your mates. Does that play a part, or do you really need to zero in and say, "No, I've got a race plan and I need to stick to it"? Um, I, I think yeah, the race plan is the same, but having those guys behind you, you're not just racing for yourself. You're you're racing for those three other guys as well. Um. And one of the things that I think is really good about that team is, um, and the whole team GB as a whole is that, yeah, we are one team, but it allows individuals to be individuals. So when we're, uh, in the call room, um, like, so if Jimmy is talking to me, he knows that like, I like to be cool, calm and collected. Um, but then if he's talking to Adam, it, it, he knows that Ad's, likes to get fired up but you can't get too fired up so <laughs> yeah I, I think like all of us know how to talk to each other and communicate with each other in the call room um and i think that's really a, a really important part of why we've done so well over the past few years and that's like the marginal gains that have allowed us to get better and, and get those medals yeah no i as i said just purely from a fan's perspective mate and and you know having a few of you guys now on the podcast and i'm I'm getting a vibe for you know what you guys are, are all about in terms of that team culture and i'm loving it and and i'm really excited to obviously i'm an australian fan first and foremost but i'm excited to see where where you guys are heading for sure now we mentioned mel before and i had a question that was similar to what we spoke about so i'm not going to cover that what i'm going to say is Obviously, phenomenal success at this Olympic Games for Mel Marshall. And and I think she clearly, not that she needed to prove anything to herself because she would have known this. Sorry, You're right, go I'm for it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, it was cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I thought it was unequal to pick up the phone. Sorry. No, you're right, mate. It's sorry all good. about that. <laughs> no, don't stress. It's all good, mate. Um, yeah, as I said, you know, phenomenal success for Mel. And as I said, she didn't need to prove anything to herself. No doubt she knows what she's capable of. But I think from the outside looking in, clearly now people, you know, are, are rating Mel of a hell of a lot higher as a coach in terms of looking at your success, looking at Anna's success, as well as Adam's. Um, probably, you know, the people who don't know so much would have seen, oh, she coaches Adam Peaty. Oh, how hard's that? Adam Peaty's super fast anyway. We all know that that's not the case in terms of the, the work that goes into it. But if you, if you get where I'm going with this, how how special was it, as I said, to, to see her have such a successful meet as a coach? And two-prong question, what do you think she does so well as a coach with you guys as athletes that helps sort of foster that success? Um, yeah, I mean, to see her get those results like, like I kind of mentioned before, it's, it's as much my medal as it is hers. I think Anna and Adam would be the same. And she works so hard and puts so much effort in. Um, and you see that every day, like she really cares. And um, I think that is what does make the difference is, is she does really care about her athletes and um, she's willing to go the extra mile to, to help us achieve our, our goals, really. Um, see, if I look when I first joined... Uh, Loughborough and joined Mel in, in 2016 I was I was a really good junior swimmer but I was struggling to transition um, through to the senior ranks and I had a couple of years when I first moved to Mel um, and, and things weren't really going all that well I wasn't really progressing um, and I wasn't where I wanted to be and I, I think after Europeans in 2018 where I missed the final on the 200 back when my PB would have got me a medal um she kind of sat me down and like I, I was devastated and she sat me down and said 
look like we're going to kind of work through this and uh, we're going to kind of change the training and um that kind of was the the, the spark really um so going into the next season uh we started doing a lot more volume in the train and training and um a lot more stuff that i kind of did as a junior um mm. so yeah from that like i was training better i was getting more confident in training that led to good results that led to more confidence through racing and mm. it's just been building on and on and on on since then um and without her kind of making that conscious decision to like right something needs to change um and i think it, it would have been a lot more difficult to get out of that that difficult time period whereby i wasn't swimming all that well um so hats off to her like she's had a massive impact on my swimming career and um we get on really well like we bounce off each other when i when yeah. i first joined the squad i was very shy she always used to say like uh we go to we went on a trip to dubai when i was still at my old club um and she said i didn't talk for two weeks so she's really <laughs> helped me come out of my shell and um become like a part of the group so yeah like ha- like i said hats off to her i, I don't think i'm where i'd be, be where i am today without her yeah 100 percent, mate and as i said from a, a fan's perspective outside looking in i'm a coach myself and i can't help but admire you know the work that she's done and and obviously how diligent she is and even just hearing that story you know where she had a look at okay well this isn't working why isn't it working let's dive into it deeper and find out what we can do and uh, i think that's the marks of a a superstar coach and uh, you know a superstar coach she is um quick question totally unrelated to to coaching and uh, and success tattoo olympic rings i see it there yeah (laughs) <laughs> how long did it take you to come up with the uh that idea to get it there because obviously that's a that's a big decision everyone's gonna get yeah. it but where is it gonna go so i've always wanted it like if i, I always said if i'm my mom always said if you can if because she was always not against me getting tattoos but she said like you can get the olympic rings like that's fine so i i've always wanted it and i always thought like on my chest or yeah. on a bicep but yeah i, I uh, went there and then i've got um, before the Olympics, um, British Swimming gave us kind of like the Aussies have like a number. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm the 501st British Olympic swimmer. Um, so I decided to get that on the back of my arm as well. So nice little, yeah, two pieces. Yeah, it's a nice touch, mate. And, um, you know, as I said, congratulations. And it's it's one of those things that you've earned. I know it's it sort of gets glamorized now, the tattoo and oh, you got to get the tattoo. But it's a, it's a it's a rite of passage or something that you guys have earned that other people can't get and, and shouldn't get. I mean, I'm assuming there's some idiot out there that's got it anyway <laughs> just because they, they thought they could. But, you know, yeah. you guys definitely earn it, mate, and, uh, you know, much respect to you. Now, did you guys get, I don't know if the answer is the same for everybody, but did you get a night out or a night to yourselves? Did you have a bit of fun in the hotel before you had to get out or did you have to get straight on the plane and out you go? Uh, what, in Tokyo? Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't a wild night. There, there was a few drinks, um, just like around the GB area, but, um, yeah, I don't think it was anything like the, uh, the nights of Olympic past. Uh, I mean, I can't really say that I've been on any of them, but. Well, let's say the um, nights of Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Yeah, 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 <laughs> true. Yeah, there, there were some good nights. Um, but like most of the celebrating was done when we got back. Like, uh, so I. I live with um, 
Joe Litchfield and Abby Woods. We just started mm-hmm. living together. And yep. so we had a little kind of get together when we got back, which was, was good fun. <laughs> yeah, nice. And like, if, like in perspective, it's probably the smartest idea anyway, isn't it? Because it's a lot more private. You get a lot more um, opportunities to sort of let your hair loose and not have people following you and watching. I can imagine, especially in the day and age we are now where everyone's phone is a camera and everyone's looking yeah. to get it out. I can only imagine there's some of those, uh, you know, Olympic villages can get quite dangerous uh, in the future. Now, we, yeah. we've talked a lot about the culture, mate. Now, I've sort of spoken about it from the outside in. Team GB. Again, what makes it work so well? Because I'm assuming it's not just the swimmers. I'm, I'm assuming it's the it's the team culture as the whole. But from your perspective, you know, coming in that the training camps you would have been a part of. But you know, what it, what are you guys doing that's that's working so well? Do you think? Because as I said, you know, and I don't want to keep beating the a dead horse, but we're we're on the way up. You guys are definitely heading in a, a really positive direction. So something's working. What is it? Uh, I think over the past few years, that certainly since I've been in British swimming, it's been very process driven rather than outcome driven. So rather than saying you need to win gold, you need to win medals, it's it's how what what are we going to do to win those medals? Um, I think that kind of takes a bit of a pressure off and, ma- and makes it a little bit more manageable with regards to smaller baby steps to achieve, like. Sorry, if the process is right, then the, the, the results will come to us. I think yeah. that mentality is kind of makes it a little bit less daunting rather than saying, right, here you are, you've got to achieve this. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been a big change in um, in British swimming in the past few years. And they, they've talked about kind of in continuous improvement. Like, like I mentioned before, like I want to build from last year, this year. I think if that's the main focus, then... Um, there was, like I said, the results have come to us. A hundred percent, mate. Now, you know, at a personal level, what are, what are your plans for the next, I don't want to say month or so, because I know you're, you're over there in Italy, but once the ISL sort of dies down, what are your plans? Do you get a bit of time to have off? I, I know, and we're going to get to it in a second, 2022 is stacked in terms of racing that's coming <laughs> ahead. So you can't switch off for too long, but have you got a break plan to, to have a bit of time off or have you already had that now and it's crack on? Um, so had the two week break when I got back from the Olympics and then I think I'm going to have like five days to a week when I get back from here. Um, mm. I chatted to Mel about it the other day. Um, I got some bits and bobs to sort out, but, um, yeah, uh, short break when I get back from here, then continue training into Eindhoven. Uh, and then hopefully a break at Christmas as well, maybe sort of 10 days, uh, spend some time at home and, um, yeah, see some friends and family. I think it's just so normally it would be like a month-long break after the olympics but yeah. that's just been broken into to, to different parts yeah i think those days are kind of gone now too with the isl emerging and and you know we, we hope it's here to stay because it's obviously a fantastic initiative and it's, it's doing so well mm. and it's popular and um it's adding a bit of uh, excitement to, to our sport that we probably haven't seen before so i don't want it to go but it also adds another competition into an already yeah. busy schedule so it kind of starts to make you guys have to you know pick your breaks choose them wisely where they come where they go doesn't it adds another element yeah and i mean there's obviously some people who have chosen not to do isl because they prioritize a break which i think is absolutely fair enough like i kind of wanted a bit of a longer break but um at the same time i wanted to come out here and 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 swim isl so it's just prioritizing what you think is best for you as a person and as an athlete so yeah, it's 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 a difficult situation, but 
at the same time, it's an exciting situation because there are so many opportunities to swim and swim fast. 100%, mate. Now, obviously a massive year for you this year and I don't want to say coming of age, but certainly a breakout year in terms of, you know, an Olympic medal that you you can't sneeze at that. How excited are you now for, for 2022? You've got Commie Games, you've got World Champs, you've got so much racing ahead. You know, you've stepped up in terms of, you know, your level of competition and where, where you're sitting now in those world rankings. How sort of, you know, confident and excited are you to sort of get at next year as well and, and try and, you know, improve it? Yeah, like I mentioned before, just, just want to kind of get better from this year. Um, hopefully not that time down, maybe gain an extra place or two, two in at Worlds and Commies and Europeans. So, yeah, it's it's a really exciting year. Um, it's going to be a tough year, I think, um, with regards to travel and um, or any camps that we might go on and uh, obviously the three major competitions. Um, I don't think, not that I can think of, that we've had that many major competitions in one year before mm. um so certainly be interesting i don't know whether to be honest i don't know what our like team gb's plans are for um whether we're prioritizing one over the other i don't know what other country plans are so it could be an opportunity to race new people and um yeah I, i'm really excited home commonwealth games as well that should be a really good experience mm. um but yeah should be should be um pretty full-on but pretty exciting yeah, full on for you guys. Exciting for us who get to watch it for sure. And I'm um, excited for, for all that action. And outside of swimming, mate, we're talking a lot of swimming. Outside of swimming, though, what do you get up to if you get time to get outside of swimming? But, you know, when you get time, downtime, what, what do you like to get up to? Um, so I used to I used to have uni to kind of, as my, as my other thing other than swimming, but I've just finished my degree, which I'm quite happy about. Like, it's nice to get that done. Um, yeah, what was so that in? Uh, sports science so that was just at Loughborough Um, so uh, yeah just finished that Um, but uh, yeah I kind of need a new hobby to to kind of have something to do away from the pool Um, my housemates my housemates recently taken up golf which uh, I've been with them a few times but I'm not very good and I've played golf in my life so that could be something I guess I could take a little bit more but um, yeah if you have any suggestions let me know (laughs) No, well, mate, I, I'm the same as you in terms of, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's always hard, but I guess podcasting, like I, I know, you know, it ends up feeling like, you know, this is a part of my job, which it's not because I enjoy doing it, but we, you know, I'm talking mm. to so many people at the moment, it ends up becoming like it's a, it's a full-time gig, but it's, that's enjoyable. And at the end of the day, I'm just sitting down having a good chat with you. So am I really working? Probably not. Um, plus yeah. I'm drinking as I'm doing it. So that's, a, <laughs> that's an added bonus. Um, but no, golf, mate, golf is good. Um, and golf's one of those things. I think even if you're good, you're not going to be good all the time. So like even the best have bad mm. days where they're throwing their clubs at, at you know, trees, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, like, uh, it's just something that I guess it, it, it's, it's very much a hobby. Um, I'm not going to take it seriously at all, but yeah, I think the, the, now that I've got a bit more spare time on my hands, there's opportunities to kind of, find find new things to do and maybe uh, i guess like expand my horizons a little bit it's an interesting point you you sort of bring up mate how important do you think it is to have outside sort of um hobbies or, or you know things that you're looking at doing outside so you're not becoming hugely just soul focused and tunnel visioned on your swimming and 
you know, it's it's been talked about so much that you know you guys are are people. You're not. You're, yes, you're athletes. Mm. I understand that, but you're you're people, and that's probably going to come first. You guys are going to be happy being people first before you're you know you're a successful athlete. How important is that to you to make sure you're keeping yourself well balanced? I think it's massively important. Um, like for me, I like to focus on swimming when I'm at the pool, but when I'm not in the pool, I, I don't really think about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, for me to have that that distraction it is massively important, and I think that's the case with a lot of people as well. Um, and over the past few years, like you see, kind of teammates take up new new hobbies and um, and try new things. Like obviously, nothing that's going to really impact the swimming, but just just as something to something new to try. And um, like I said, take your mind away from the pool. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Just quickly on on training, mate, and obviously Team GB teammate Adam Peaty. Obviously, from an outsider looking in, you know, one of the the, the biggest names in world swimming, no doubt. Um, have you learnt or picked up anything from your time training with Adam? Obviously, Mel's had a, a massive impact on on his swimming career and and has you know helped mentor him through. But obviously, you know, he, he's a he's an out and out sort of superstar in our sport in his own right. I'm sure his mind works at certain different levels to everybody else, myself included. Have you picked up anything from him along the way that's helped you as well? Yeah, I mean, watching him train every day, like he's he's a phenomenal trainer. Um, one of the hardest people, the hard, hardest trainers I've ever seen, I think. Um, and if you look at the two of us, I think we're, we're quite different. Um, but at the same time, we, we know each other quite well. So we're able to kind of respect those those differences. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we did kind of personality profiling. I don't know if you've heard of insights before. Mm-hmm. Um, gives you like colors. So um, there's like blue, which is like very methodical and logical. Uh, green, which is emotional. Yellow, which is quite happy and outgoing. And then red, which is like very, um, what's the word? Kind of likes done, things done like, to the point and quickly um mm-hmm. so red and yellow are extrovert and then blue and green are introvert so i'm green he's red <laughs> so like we're opposites but um no like we, we get on really well um and i think being part of a, a group with someone like adam in like he's he's such a um such a leader and um he's a good person to have around and i think he's even over the past few years he, he's really matured and um like obviously he's had a, he's had a had George in the past year and I think that's changed him a bit becoming a dad so he's yeah he's he's a really good person to be around and um he's always willing to kind of motivate others around him as well um which yeah it, it's I guess kind of for me as as being slightly younger and maybe a step behind on on the, on the career it's good to have someone to look up to. Yeah, 100%, mate. And you're well on your way, um, as I said, Olympic bronze medalist, uh, silver medalist with the relay, and obviously that success uh, individually. You, I, I think you're on the perfect trajectory, mate. And obviously you're in the perfect team environment uh, with uh, super coach Mel Marshall there helping steer you through it. Um, mate, just want to say thank you very much for, for coming on for a chat. I could talk your ear off for a hell of a lot more, but I know you're over in Italy and who wants to talk to Robbie in Sydney, Australia, when I'm in Italy, I know you can be out there, mate, having a bit of fun in the sun, enjoying yourself. It's one of your days off. When are you back in the pool next? When's the next uh, London Raw match? Uh, This weekend. Yeah. So I think we're, who are we? Cali, uh, Aqua and 
Tokyo, I think. And I could be wrong with that. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. What are, what are you looking for for yourself individually? I know we could talk about the team, but individually this weekend, are, are you looking for anything in particular? Is it just, um, I don't want to get too, like, you know, just uh, cookie cutter about it or like just go to that um, easy go-to answer. Is it just, I want to improve and I want to get a bit better than I was last time? Yeah, yeah. I think just more of the same. Um, I don't, I don't know whether I've got any new events. Um, uh, I'm quite excited. I know it sounds weird, but I'm quite excited to do that 4am again. Like it, it was a really good kind of because over the past few years, I've just found backstroke so much. Um, it's nice to kind of when I was younger, I used to do a bit of IM and a bit of flight. It's nice to go back to that and and, and swim some different events. And yeah, um, yeah it, there was no pressure as well because like. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do going into that. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully I get the opportunity to swim that again and maybe improve on the backstroke a little bit. I'm glad you're looking forward to it. I was talking to Duncan the other day and he's had a bit of time off. I don't know if he was super excited to get stuck into a 400 a.m. off, <laughs> off a bit of a break, but uh, no. glad you're looking forward well, to it. Well, yeah, he, he had a, a very busy schedule this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I don't envy him. No, no, yeah. And that was, yeah, that was, we spoke before that match. So uh, I wonder how he was feeling after it. But, mate, thank you very much for coming on, as I said, and, and taking a bit of time to, to have a chat with me. Um, congratulations on, on all of your success in Tokyo and, and you know, what yourself and, and the team put forward and, and that's not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on on the podcast that's just genuinely from a fan looking at what you guys did um very successful olympics and and every sort of major meet that you guys are hitting at the moment you, you know you're increasing that success um and i can only see that continuing so look out commie games and, and world champs and 2024 in paris because i think you know, you guys are yet to peak still as a team and you're on the right track. And good luck, mate, for the London Raw. I'm a London Raw fan. I don't have the, the hoodie. It's still on the way. But um, <laughs> but good luck with the London Raw in season three, mate. And uh, hopefully we get into the semis, get into the finals. And and who knows what can happen in finals, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your time over there. And until we chat again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Thank you all once again for downloading the show today. Your continued support is always appreciated. And don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast, the OTB Crew Podcast, where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for all the fun. I just wanna be with you.